So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake. Do you want me to do the podcast? Question. Do you want me to do the podcast? Question. We asked you to do the podcast. Statement. Confusion. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that will never go to the doctor. No, don't care how many alarms get set off. I ain't going. I don't get this one. Hamilton tripped the thing in his helmet, if you'll pardon the phrase. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake. Only for idiots who can only race from the front. I think that's all our audience, isn't it? No, I think that's what Alonso says about us, because he thinks we're the best, <laughs> secretly. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the Daniel Ricardo of F1 podcasts. End of the season, we are gone. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the distant buyout of F1 podcasts. 2026, we're coming back with a German sponsor that maybe Terry has organised. No pressure, Terry. Luftwaffe. <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the podcast F1 deserves. I'm Drew Stern and I'm back, refreshed after the summer break and with a raft of new upgrades. Will that translate to performance? Let's find out. I'll be your guide on a trudge through the Belgian Grand Prix, which promised much and started well, but then fizzled to tedium. Hopefully this podcast will avoid that same trajectory, but no promises. We'll talk about Verstappen's dominance again, Ferrari's underwhelmingness again, and rumours of Audi to F1 that are no longer rumours. Amazing. That's all to come. Joining me is a man who has spoken to the past. It's Phil Tromans. Do you remember way back when in the good old days before, I think it was before Brexit, before... Liberty Media. When I lived in when the UK. When you lived you in the oh. UK and were a very successful stand-up comedian, 
we ha- we had a we had a friend. I can't remember her name. Chocker, Chocker Block, Chuka, Chuka, Chica, Chica Airs. I have spoken to Chica Airs, but you guys know Didn't this. She leave the Labour Party and set off her own <laughs> political party. I don't know who you're referring to, but let's go with it. Yes, yes, she did, Terry. <laughs> I've spoken to Chica Airs. Do you remember her? She used to be the presenter on this podcast. Yeah, I was on the call with you. Yeah, I know. I've just got. I've, not, I've done nothing else, so I just thought I'd remind you of okay. that time that we spoke to Chica. She's doing very well. She's, She's got, got a, a little baby. She's got a little baby. Oh, well, I say a little baby. It's a blooming massive baby, considering <laughs> it's not that old. It's not going to be an F1 driver. It's too big. Well, you better break the news to her, because I've told her that he's got a good chance. <laughs> I mean, it's probably still gets signed by McLaren at this rate, but yeah, she's doing very well. And maybe before, I'm not going to say the end of the season, but maybe before the end of F1, she might be back. No pressure, Chica. But we've Sorry, Drew. Sorry, Drew. I'm, I'm not saying you're fired, but you know. Yeah, I, mean, this is <laughs> I know. What am I? Chop liver? To say for as a guest host. Oh, by the way, do you remember, do you remember the host that we all miss? <laughs> Did I come uh, on to have I got news for you and be like, do you remember Angus Deaton? <laughs> and alongside him is a man who has been to a festival. It's Terry Saunders. Okay, so I'm going to fess up. I'm very tired. I went to a festival this weekend, which is my first festival in about eight years or more. I didn't sleep very much. The sleep I did have was in a tiny 35 euro tent from Decathlon, which also stopped the rain because it rained quite a lot. So I'm pretty impressed. The little tent that could. And (laughs) I'm I'm very tired. I'm more impressed. I want to hear more about the tent. I'm not that bothered about the festival. I mean, tell us what the festival is, I suppose. No, it's fine. It's the tent. The tent was my favorite bit of the festival. (laughs) It's because you're old. So I went more to the interested in hardware. I went to the Decathlon website and I put in tent and it came up with a 35 euro one and I went, fuck that, that's going to be shit. And then, you know, <laughs> tents get very expensive very quickly and I figured, I'm not sure, you know, I'm old, I'm not sure I'm going to want to go to many festivals, but do I want to buy something that's one-off? So I thought it's going to be a pop-up tent, but then I looked at it and it's not a pop-up tent. It's just a very simple, very elegant tent that's got elegant. two two poles that kind of bend over each other i beg your pardon two poles that kind what of kind of festival was this other. oh you mean tent poles it was a queer festival actually there was not, a lot of sex not um, people from poland there were people from poland bent over each other as well that's what i'm trying to say anyway okay. the, the tent had two poles that were bent over each other i can't say it now <laughs> and then the, t- the actual tent the inner, the inner tent hangs off the poles with little hooks going down and that was it. And then you, there's a lot, an outer sheath for protection. Well, <laughs> and then you twist, hammer twist. some pegs in. Do you often use an outer sheath for protection? You're doing some pegging, were you? Yeah, then some pegging, yeah. <laughs> Always use your outer sheath if you're doing some pegging. You have to. Yeah, you've got, oh, to, the way it should got be. to be safe. Don't want to get too wet. So yeah, that was fun. Excellent. Drew, festivals? Been to any? No, but I got very lucky on a, a business trip where I realised that Rage Against the Machine were playing... Uh, in the city that I was working in and I was able to get tickets to see them What? They weren't replaced by the 1975? They weren't replaced by the 1975 and they were supported by Run the Jewels. Oh my word. And and I got to see both of them and it was um, Zach De La Roca had actually already injured his leg and he's now had to cancel the rest of the world tour so I saw them one of the last nights that they were playing and they were amazing. Even though he had to do the entire set from a flight case he couldn't stand up because one of his legs was inside a flight case. (laughs) <laughs> no, he had to be carried 
from like like some kind of royalty he had to be carried to the stage, plopped on the flight case in the middle, did the whole thing, sat on his butt, but going absolutely crazy. And then at the end, they lifted him up and took him off stage again. That's tremendous. You it could was, learn from this, Dave Grohl. I had tickets to go and see the Foo Fighters with <laughs> Dave Grohl knackered his leg. It was going to be them and Iggy Pop oh. and oh, a British band that I fit. Royal Blood. And I was looking forward to it. And it got cancelled because Dave Grohl hurt his leg. So listen up, Dave. If Although to be fair, it. it was at the time he hurt his leg during a gig, and then he went off, had it fixed, and came yeah. back and finished the finished gig. that gig. Didn't finish the one I'd bought tickets <laughs> for, did he? Lazy bastard! Oh, they should. I had tickets to see them, and then one of them died. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I Keep don't it like light, the eh? fighters. <laughs> I think they're rubbish. There's less of them to like now. They don't like, they don't like you too much either. Too soon. They do like me. Did you hear that podcast? <laughs> I did. <laughs> they used to, they used to hang yeah, out. They, they used to see them at that comedy club in 2005. <laughs> Listener's Corner now has some gravel around the outside of it, so stay within the damn limits, damn you. Max Verstappen started the Belgian race way down the order thanks to engine penalties or some such bollocks, but he was leading by lap 12 and won by a country mile. Even from Sergio Perez, who started and finished second in the same car. Craig Strang says, Time to hunker down for the Verstappen years. Endless years of Horner being more smug than usual whilst tossing the salad with Max. Dwayne Pipe says, did Max accidentally set the AI drivers to novice difficulty? And Patrick Brennan says, Sergio Bottas, the perfect number two driver. Discuss. What does tossing the salad mean? (laughs) Well, you know that festival you went to. Drew has just done a distinctly visual representation of what it means. That I think if that footage ever found the light of day, he probably would lose his job. But yes, that's what it means. Otherwise, I'll let you Google it in your own time. Here's a prediction. Max Verstappen is going to outlive in Formula One terms Christian Horner. Ooh. I think I mean, Christian Horner. I think Christian Horner will give up cuz he's the he's been around so long now. I don't know how he's managed to hold on to his job cuz I I think the suggestion has always been that he's not really the power behind the throne, he's just sort of the figurehead. Yeah, well there's talk of Dietrich's matters shits wanting to exit which if you know this Audi rumors come in he may do a graceful exit and I reckon Horner will call it a day there as well you know he's been very he'll have been very successful with two stints of championship winning Red Bulls and I think he'll go and then Red Bull will fall into disrepair and Max Verstappen will be a shadow of his former self I don't know I think he'll probably be swiped up by another good team because I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out here and I know this is fairly radical I think Max Verstappen is a rather good racing driver oh for fuck's sake Phil have you not read our mission statement the mission statement is Max Verstappen is a oh no let's keep the two separate you know I'm not not arguing with you but as a racing driver he's he's (laughs) very good he's very very good he started 14th and won it by a mile Oh, it's just the car. By the way, I've been enjoying going on Twitter and finding Dutch fans and just saying, it's just the car. It's really boring. <laughs> I mean, we could, I suppose we could recreate the Hamilton years, but in reverse and just say, yeah, it's just, it's, you know, it's just, he's just, he's up against no, no marks and he's got the best car and he's not that great. But I think he, I think he is quite good. He's doing quite well. And I, I fear that Craig Strang is absolutely right that we might be about to, unless Mercedes can get their arse in gear and make a good car. And Hamilton doesn't get bored and leave. That's assuming Hamilton hasn't lost it, because we'll get onto him. But he made a silly mistake this this week. Uh, I think Verstappen is 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 rather good, and we might uh, might see a few more championships for him. Maybe this is what F one is going to be from now on. It's just going to be like 
at least four championships in a row every time. What do you mean from now on? Schumacher, Vettel, <laughs> Hamilton. That's Rosberg. What happens? Rosberg hey, gave us hope. Blip. <laughs> oh God! If, if Rosberg's our hope, then I'm gonna toss my own salad. Riker. <laughs> I mean, many have tried. Um, <laughs> right, I mean, you know, Rosberg was a blip, I guess. Raikkonen gave us hope. Alonso briefly. I mean, actually, even Alonso did it twice. Who was that? Villeneuve. Jensen. See, in the in the nineties, there were blips galore. All he needed to do was, you know, oh, it's rimming. The guy who was winning everything. <laughs> <laughs> I've just looked it up. Yeah, that's yes. going on the Terry there Saunders soundboard. But we all expected that, so let's talk about Ferrari instead. Carlos Sainz started from pole, and Charles Leclerc was fighting through the field with Verstappen, except he wasn't really. Ross Chaplin says now it's time for Ferrari slander. Yay. Phil Pip Matthews asks, championship over? At least amid all the fuck-ups, Ferrari could still say they had the fastest car. Now they don't even have that. Tim Renler says, Charles, we haven't dropped you points by trying a fastest lap yet this season. Want to try? Question. Jason Birkinsaw says, Ferrari once again showing they are the most innovative team. They found yet another way to totally fuck the race up. Outstanding. Discuss. It's over. Well, it's been over for a while, but now it's really over. But also, isn't it amazing to hear how fucking terrified the engineers are to talk to Ferrari drivers with this whole <laughs> they question They don't thing. know what they're doing. You know there's been a meeting where Leclerc and his people have gone, look, you've got you've to gotta get this strategy right, you know, otherwise you're fucking it all up. <clears throat> you've got to clear mm. things with me. And now they're just like, um... Mm. Yeah, okay, we have to clear everything. And it's just, it's excruciating. Yeah. To hear you, them there, say, was, there was one where they were saying, uh, so uh, what do you reckon? Like hards, softs, mediums, wets, intermediates? Something something for the weekend, sir. Question. <laughs> it's just so sad. I mean, it's fun to beat up on Ferrari, but like I said the other week, it's got to a point where it's got a bit pathetic. And just... And just we do the, need them. They, they don't know what they're doing, literally. Like the, the, those, it feels like the people that are on the radio have no communication. It's like a Big Brother challenge or Love Island or something. They're all been excluded from the rest of the team, and they're just allowed to phone in during the race. And they're just like, I don't know what's going on. Or they've got temps in or something. I don't understand. I don't understand how they can be that woeful and that embarrassing on international broadcast. It's like with Nail and I, we've accidentally made a made a championship winning car, but now we don't know what to do with it. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it is a shame, but we we need them. We if 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 Mercedes aren't going to get their act together, and judging by their big hype this week that they brought a load of upgrades and then they were even slower than they were normally, that's not going to happen. We need somebody to challenge Red Bull, or it's just going to be, as we said, several more years of Red Bull dominance. Well, we already know what's going to happen. There's going to be several more years of Red Bull dominance. Red Bull dominance, yeah. Red Bull dominance. <sighs> In other news. Was that the last time we'll see Spa on the F1 calendar? After months of rumours that the Belgian circuit's expired contract wouldn't be renewed, it was. Albeit for one more year, and only because the Kyalami race in South Africa won't be ready for a 2023 race. Yay? I mean, I always said they wouldn't get rid of Spa, and lo and behold, they've saved it for one more year, so they can keep talking about it, then they'll save it for another year. The only thing that I, because I was at the festival this weekend and I missed this news being announced, but they, they announced it, you know, on the kind of 
on when the grid were getting ready and it was like a little ticker thing at the bottom saying the race will happen next year and i i'd rather hope that was how they'd announced it <laughs> just to surprise everybody go oh yeah by the way you can have next year <laughs> and then i thought they could just announce more news that way <laughs> just like oh daniel ricardo's not gonna be driving for mclaren next year i'd say they very much took the sheen off the news by having an overall pretty disappointingly dull race I mean, mm. if you think that last year's Belgian Grand Prix was terrible, <laughs> I mean, this year's was somehow worse. <laughs> <laughs> there were points. No, I mean, it was started off well, but then tailed off very quickly. Uh, and there was a point where I was fondly reminiscing about last year's sitting around in the pissing rain waiting for George Russell to get a podium. I'm not going to lie. I watched the whole thing on repeat and I gave up after about 38 laps. So I, I, don't mean, think you, I think you saw most of the good stuff. Well, All I didn't see the, Char- the I didn't see the Charles Leclerc pit stop thing I mean, until it wasn't, I was it wasn't that it even that today. wasn't that exciting. It was just like, oh look, they've brought him in for so because of course they have, yeah, and then he came back out again, and they were just like, oh. you know, fine. It's kind of just expected at this point. You know, they they had to tick off the have Ferrari. Oh shit, Ferrari haven't fucked up this week. Come on, quick, do something, yeah. and then they did it, and that was the end of that. But yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, <clears throat> a jest. Spa is a good circuit. I don't want to lose it. I'm glad it's back. There seems to be some talk that in the future it might be sort of like an alternating thing, like they briefly did with Hockenheim and Nürburgring, which I think both of them have gone now, haven't they? Are they in? I yeah, don't know. There's no German Grand Prix. <sighs> no, I mean, alternating with another Belgian circuit. I mean, that would maybe. be nice, wouldn't it? What's the, is there another Belgian? So what's the other Belgian circuit? I don't know. Or Zolder? would it be alternating no, Zolder, with Zandvoort? Zolder in, Zandvoort's in Netherlands. No, I mean, in with, as long as Max is racing, the Netherlands will be every year, I'm sure. Is Zolder in Belgium or is that in Netherlands? Um, Zolder is in Belgium. Boom, yeah. bring back Zolder. It's done. I mean, probably not. Well, that would be cool. Or it might alternate with but another Bel- random one that hasn't got enough money to do it every year. But Belgium and the Netherlands are... Basically, it's another home race for Max. Well, as we've discussed so it, before, it, it, he's Belgian. He is Belgian, and it's the countries are so. It's like the difference between England and Wales. It's like they, they're very close same to each country. other. You can get yeah. from one to the other. Same country. You can get from what they used to be the same country. You can get from one to the other pretty easily. And while so many fans are willing to bring themselves down to Belgium for the race and flood the place with orange smoke, surely there's a financial incentive at the very least to keep it going. Can I correct you there? They were both the same country for a short period of time, and that country was Germany. <laughs> <laughs> So what we need to do is bring back the German Grand Prix. One person we have seen the last of is Daniel Ricciardo. Well, for McLaren at least. In news that surprised absolutely no one, the Woking team has ended Danny Rick's contract, presumably so it can confirm Oscar Piastri for 2023. Contract legalities notwithstanding. Has this been harsh on the Honey Badger? No, no. Should have gone ages ago. He's been rubbish. Next. He's been terrible in that McLaren. He's, you know, he's... He's good to go. I'm surprised they've let him do the rest of the season, to be honest. He's an embarrassment to Australia. <laughs> Ooh, wow. Wow. Oscar Piastri, who will oh. be the new hero. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but instantly the villain. And it was slightly awkward with him this week, because apparently he was in doing, doing sim work for Alpine, and that must have been very awkward. Hi, everyone. I oh. just came to the simulator. Why is the, uh, why is the coffee machine not working? <laughs> <laughs> why have I got this note stuck to my back? Why is everyone <laughs> kicking me? Yeah. In, some, in, in terms of a character, I'll be sad to see the last of Danny Ricardo, And he may well get picked up by one of the, one of the shit teams. Haas, well, maybe. It seems like Alpine don't want him back. Well, why would they? Yeah, true. Um, well, you know, he might be a good driver in a non-McLaren. 
Mm. Um, so it looks like his Was he options... ever a good driver? He was good. Are you sure? Because I'm uh, doubting it now. No, I can't remember anymore. So yeah, his options are basically Haas or Alfa Romeo or Williams as a kind of... Ugh. I can't see him going to Alfa Romeo because Joe's got the Chinese thing going on and Bottas is better than Ricardo. Well, it's just the thing of <clears throat> any of those teams is a, such a huge step back. It's such an admission of failure. He'd well, be better you know, off going yeah. somewhere else. I mean, what's he going to do? Formula E? He said he doesn't have any interest in racing anywhere else. I mean, he barely has interest racing at McLaren, so it seems. <laughs> but I, I, I can sort of see maybe Haas because, you know, he likes that whole America, the whole American shtick. And um, I'll be surprised if they hang on to Schumacher. I feel like if I was... Okay, put yourself in Ricardo's shoes for his oh, they're still all wet. slightly wet shoes. <laughs> they're not wet, Phil. He hasn't been on a podium for like a year. No, that's true. <laughs> um, they're so dry and cracked. <laughs> and bearing in mind he left Red Bull because Verstappen was beating him. And he didn't, you know, he went to Renault to be a super, super hotshot driver. Then he went to McLaren to be the super hotshot driver. And now he's left. I don't think if I was him... I could race on the same grid as Max Verstappen in a Haas. Just, it would be so embarrassing every time I got lapped that you just wouldn't do it. Do you think you'd rather give up? Yeah, I'd rather give I, up than get I, spanked by Max Verstappen every week. I think he should go and do NASCAR. I think he'd bloody love it. Oh, I also oh. think he'd probably be quite good at it as well because you don't need a huge amount of technical talent. engineering now. There, you just well, he's got good feel. The problem that's let him down is that the car isn't set up naturally the way he likes it, and he hasn't got the engineering understanding. You know, because we've sort of talked about his intellectual capacity in the past, he hasn't got the technical understanding to be able to figure out how to get the best out of it. But with a NASCAR, you just get in, whoop a lot, put on some weight, and drive it. That's pretty much it, isn't it? I think he'd be quite good at that. I'd quite like to see him in a few years. As a fat Ricardo, yeah. All right, yeah, fine. The old wives' tale about Audi joining F1 has been around for literally decades, and this week was no different. Except it was, because it was Audi saying it, and holy shit, it's actually going to happen. From 2026, Audi is going to be supplying engines and might even have its name all over a team. Except that bit hasn't been announced, which is a bit weird. So what's going on? So, well, I'm trying to... I was trying to think about how long suggestions of Audi to F1 have been running around. I mean, certainly as long as we've been doing this podcast, which is eight years now, seven years, some years. And way before that, like, oh, might Audi go into F1? Because they've never actually been in F1. They've been in Grand Prix racing, sort of, when they were auto-union back sort of pre-1950. And obviously they've done loads and loads of motorsport. But now they're actually going to do it. And I... And a slightly separate thing, I still can't quite get my head around what's in it for them. Because it doesn't seem like the best brand for Formula 1. But anyway, they are going to come in. They're going to build an engine for 2026 when the new regulations kick in. And the suggestion is that they will be taking over or at least going into serious partnership with Sauber, who of course are Alfa Romeo. And Alfa Romeo chose the day that Audi announced they were doing this to say, by the way, we're out of Sauber at the end of next year. Which Fuck does you. leave a question of what's going to happen to Sauber between 2023 or 2024 and 2025. Are they just going to become Sauber again? Or are Audi going to badge themselves early? But they've got a Ferrari engine in there, so that probably wouldn't happen. So we're just going to have two years of Sauber again. 
Yeah, maybe. With a random engine, they just kind of write it off and start building for when Audi... Because the, the talk is that Audi will take a majority share in the company, as opposed to Alpha, which is basically just the title sponsor. Like, everyone keeps calling it the Alfa Romeo. It's not. It's a Sauber. It's just that Alfa is the title sponsor and have just named the team. Like, there's no... There's yeah, a Ferrari also, engine. It's Sauber. It's based in Switzerland. There's no Alfa. I'm starting to on. think that Sauber are a bit of a jinx because BMW did this and they bought the team and then somehow Sauber bought it back when BMW left. And then, you know, Alfa... It, it, Sauber's... Let's just say Sauber's been around the block a bit. <laughs> I mean, Sauber is German for clean, but you're saying they're actually quite dirty because they're... They're quite schmutzig. <laughs> Schmutzig. That's such a good word. Maybe that's what they'll badge themselves as for two years. They'll change their name to Schmutzig for two years and then Audi will get in and it'll all so be better. So can I just say, I never knew that Sauber was the word for clean until one day, living in Germany, there's a Lordrette called Schneller and Sauber. <laughs> Which is one thing they've not been for a number of years. So that means Peter Sauber is called Peter Clean. That's right. Which makes him sound really dodgy. There's a bloke got there's Mr. Clean coming. <laughs> Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at For F1's Sake or find us on Facebook where we're For F1's Sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. Alternatively, if you think we're right, then why not buy us a beer? Question. Thanks to our monthly donors who have kept us going over the summer break. They are Keith Falconer. Yay. Bernard War. Whoa. Oh, is bad. Chris Lee. Yay. Chris the in French. Jenny and Ralph Brynard. Oh, hi, guys. Bryce um, Davies. Yay. Andrew Cunningham. There's no ham more cunning. Pop Monday, Tuesday, happy days. <laughs> Paul Hinton. Oh, I've, I've, no, it's beautiful south. We've done it so many times. Sorry, Paul. Thank you, Paul. I love you, Paul. Jason R. Bradley. Oh, the R stands for really good. Gabriel Rosenkuter. He's an archangel. Michael Perry. Saucy. Michael Hot Wings, more like. <laughs> Paul Hewings. Paul Hot Wings, more like. <laughs> Greg Hoffman. Greg Hoffwings, more like. <laughs> Donald Griffin. Griffin Wings. Keith Russell. Keith Russell is clearly George Russell's uh, burner account. Thanks, <laughs> yes. George. We know you're listening. What's your real name? Je Keith Russell. Kyle Glover. Wings. Brad Youngman. Youngman. Brad Youngman is George Russell's Bernard account. <laughs> Join them. Head to ff1s.com forward slash pint pint pint. Hey, Phil, you know what time it is? It's Terry. three o'clock. Sorry, Terry, I have to stop you there. This is a Manscaped product alert. <laughs> Phil, I really need a wee. I've been saving it for our special day. You asked for it and they listened. Our friends at Manscaped just brought the Ultra Smooth Package to Europe. Seriously, Phil, I'm bursting here. Everyone knows by now that the Lawnmower 4.0 is the best electric shave for your balls. But if you're looking for a closer shave, or prefer to go completely bare down there, then the Ultra Smooth Package is the perfect set. It comes with the Crop Shaver Razor, three precision blades, extra wide lubricating strips, and a pivoting head for the ultimate groin grooming experience. No, but Phil, you don't understand. I need to go, but I can't. What do, you, what do you mean? It's my bush. It's got so big that I can't actually find my penis anymore. 
I was at a festival at the weekend and I just had to let it go in my pants. I've looked and looked, but I just can't find it. Oh my God, Terry. If only there was something I could do to help. But you can't, Phil. You're all the way in the UK. I'm here in Berlin. There's nothing that can be done. I'm destined to have abnormally large mind of pubic hair. I've tried with the kitchen scissors and all I've done is blunt them. I'm so sorry, Terry. It's okay. I'm fine. Just, just finish the ad, will you? Head to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code BALLSBALLSBALLS. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code BALLSBALLSBALLS. Has anyone got a lighter? To team the impossible team, to pass the unbeatable foe, to launch... Off the driver Alonso to walk where the road does not go. This is my quest. Oh, sorry, I thought you were going to do the next bit. <laughs> Red Bull. Max Verstappen won from 14th on the grid, outclassing everybody up to and including himself. Was the flexible floor just holding them back? Because don't forget, that was the thing about this race. They were batting the flexible floor, which was apparently Red Bull's big advantage. And now they've stopped that and they've got even quicker. Bring the flexible floors back, I said. Yeah, it turned out what they needed was the very rigid floor. The incredibly stiff floor. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, if the championship wasn't over before, and it was, it now is more still. And it was. Yeah. Yes, but it was. So there's no change. So but Verstappen, was this, so I think this might be Verstappen's best race. Discuss. I don't know. I, don't I mean, it was, it was boring cause... as shit, but in terms of what he did... I mean, I don't think he could have done anything better. Do you know there was that race last year where Hamilton came from the back and it felt genuinely exciting? And this might just be favouritism, but (laughs) this race felt more like, well, like the comment we had earlier on, it was like a, a computer game on easy mode. It just didn't, there wasn't any jeopardy in it. It just felt like he was... They almost just moved out of his fucking way. Well, I mean, they did, basically, because he was so good and so fast that they were like, well, what's the point? What's the point of us getting in the way and and compromising what few positions I might get? Just let him go. So, you know, in fairness, yes, they didn't really put any kind of battle up, but I don't think that takes anything away from him because he was so fast. I mean, to start, was it 14th he started? And to beat your teammate in the same car who started second and couldn't get, you know, any further up than that by 20 odd seconds by the end of the race outstanding outstanding i mean he's still a massive twat but he's very very good at racing racing cars he's very good at racing yeah he is i can't even be asked anymore great max verstappen's the new king all hail max verstappen go on knock yourself out yeah i mean i guess we have to should we should we get the orange flares out can we start selling them Oh, this is orange flares, but they're f- filled with my stale piss. I thought you were going to say filled with mice, but either works. Filled with mice and stale piss. <laughs> Just let them off in the crowd and everyone goes, oh, God. Oh, Terry. <laughs> this is like in the tent. And, you know, Perez, I mean, they got one, two. I think everyone forgets about that because Perez got comprehensively spanked. But still managed to get second place. He's also second in the championship now. Of which course a lot he for is. Charles of course he so. is. This is Ferrari just throwing it away. They're going to get a one-two. They're going to win the teams. They're going to get one-two in the drivers. They'll probably win some other things as well. What else can you win? Fastest laps, pole position trophies. My heart, not going to happen. Well, 
you say that. What if Verstappen is so good that he turns you around by the end of the season? Well, let's not forget, I, look, I've got a long history on this podcast and the previous podcast <laughs> of being fickle. I used to hate Lewis Hamilton. So, you know, at some point... Oh, that would I'll be, be very interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah, at some point I'll be saying how great Max Verstappen is and pretending that I've always liked him. So, you know... I was going to say nothing... three, three, three years' time, but it could be three races' time. It'll be in about 10 minutes, probably. <laughs> but, you know, if, if there's anything, just remember, my, my heart is as fickle as a teenage girl. So, you know, it's, it's doable. Drew, you're, you're essentially Dutch. What do you make of all this? Yeah. I... I think I agree with what Terry said that there was definitely a moment where you're watching what is on paper a spectacular drive and it's utterly boring to watch because it didn't feel like any of the passes had any jeopardy. It didn't feel like between him having the faster car, drag reduction system, it just felt like, oh, and he's passed another car, another car. Like the first lap was great when it was all crowded and he, he genuinely found some space to get through and he stayed out of trouble and, and, and managed to what make up like he went up to eighth on the first lap, so that's like six places on in one lap, which is always impressive for anyone. But after that, it was it was a really dull watch. Whereas last year, when Lewis managed to do it, it did feel more triumphant. It felt there was more of a story to it, even even everything around it, like the way Lewis related it back to his dad, and the way that you're just watching the cold indifference of Jos watching Max win. It just <laughs> it feels like there isn't enough of a narrative there to keep you entertained. And I love the fact that there is a Dutch world champion and that there is a Dutch driver doing really well, Dutch in quotation marks. But yeah, it just doesn't feel like it's it's entertainment. It's just a bit dull. Wow. The only thing that made Max Verstappen's drive look good to me was quite how badly Leclerc was doing at the same thing. Because at first you're like, oh, well, both are Ferrari's Red Bull are going to run through the field. And then Leclerc's just there going, hi, guys, I'm 17. I can't, I can't do it. Oh, and, I've had to and also, let's forget that the reason that he had to pit was because Verstappen threw his rubbish at the Ferrari and knackered his brakes. I feel okay. that that is a, the Mario Kart weapon <laughs> of was. Formula One. Spinning turtles <laughs> Deploy tear and, off. and tear off. Yeah. No, that was amazing. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you can start tactically doing that well, down I, the street. I, I did exactly hear right a rumour that Verstappen deliberately did that. And it was he was actually aiming for that. He was so good this I race. Believe I believe it. Yeah, Incredible. We've always liked him. Well, Jos Verstappen is just throwing tear-offs onto the track. <laughs> just, every opportunity. He's just like got a, he's got a flare filled with tear-offs. Don't don't they like? I remember that last year or the year before, one of Bottas's got caught in someone, and then they knew because it had a Finnish flag on it. Did, did the terrorists <laughs> are they identifiable? Who they come yeah, from? Yeah, it was orange and it had a middle finger on it. <laughs> Mercedes Lewis made a rare mistake. Is this just frustration at a dodgy Mercedes, or has the mighty oak fallen? It's rare that Hamilton has a bad weekend, isn't it? I've got to be honest. My reaction when I saw that was, he's done. That's it for him. You reckon this is the turning point? Yeah. When he last trudged off into the woods. Yeah, it was such a year. sad shot of him walking off. It was oh, no. sad. It's like the sad, littlest yeah, hobo. sad Hulk music. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it looked like. It was just really the mistake and just just the fact that it was obviously his fault as well because you know normally you're like oh no Lewis doesn't make mistakes he's my boy and then you kind of watch the replay and go oh god this is embarrassing he does now oh and then Alonso has his little rant which was quite satisfying because you know that Alonso has wanted to say that for years he's continued to say it for years ever since like 2007 yeah but he doesn't really and, see and that. it was utter, he, it was bollocks as well what did he say like 
it was he can only drive from the front yeah or and i think the statistics actually say that he's won more races from further back on the grid than like any other driver or something the, the last time alonso yeah. was at the front oscar <laughs> piastri hadn't been born so i don't i'm not taking any word from him i don't know but it was just it was just sad i don't know it just feels like i hope i'm wrong but i feel like we've seen the We've seen the peak of Hamilton, and we're on the downslope now. You might be right. Is he going to win another race? Maybe not. Maybe. Maybe he'll never win a race after Abu Dhabi last year. That would be oh, tragic. We'll get letters from the Dutch. It could be that he wins a race in the same way that Max won his first race, where two cars at the front duking it out, gain each other's way, and leave a gap. It's not impossible. What? I hope so. Is, is, it, is Abu Dhabi the last race again this year? Yeah. What happens if we get to Abu Dhabi and then suddenly um, the two, you know, Nicholas Witchell or Phil De Freitas are sick and they bring back an unexpected race director and it's Michael Massey. Nicholas Witchell, the, the BBC Yeah, Royal you know, you know they've got two now. One's Nicholas Witchell and the other one's Phil De Freitas, the cricketer from the 80s. And okay, if right. those, both of those have got that COVID, which is probably going to happen, uh, they'll bring back Michael Massey and Michael Massey will see the opportunity to make amends and he will... C- pull a rule out of his ass and penalise Verstappen and suddenly Hamilton will somehow get 340 <laughs> points in the last race. <laughs> I was going to say, it would have to be like a Bernie Eccleston quadruple points thing and whatever happens, Verstappen gets docked all his points. Yeah, yeah I'm up for that. No, it's, it's more, I, I mean, that'd just be ridiculous. No, Hamilton will get hundreds of points um, through a little-known loophole that Massey invented and then everything will be right with the world and then next year, boom. Ferrari. Ferrari, a team so nervous about their own shortcomings, they are not even sure if a question is a question. Question. I mean, I think we've covered it. They're hopeless. Completely hopeless. Hopeless with a good car, but they don't know how to use it. They don't know what they're doing. I think the drivers are getting frustrated. I mean, Sainz did well, in fairness to him, this race. And we should also say, uh, skipping back to Mercedes for a second, Russell did well. Like, wasn't fast enough to get any higher than fourth, but he got fourth. Well done. And Sainz was kind of the same. He was just like, you know had a bit of a battle from first on the grid and watched the Red Bulls go past him and went, yep, nothing I can do about that. But then yeah. sat there and got third. Well done to him. McLaren. After Ricardo's hostage video and awaiting on the CRB to announce Piastri, the team really needed a lacklustre weekend to feel bad about themselves. <laughs> and boy, did Daniel deliver. Well, they both kind of did, really. Neither of them got points. Um, yeah, Ricardo was... You know, didn't he have a funny? Well, didn't he is, have a funny wing? Oh, I don't know. If we go back to talking about Ricardo for a second, if you saw, did you see the video that he put out? Yes. Yeah. Where because he, he did look what gutted. It wasn't and quite fettle levels of bizarre, but it was definitely like. I think he was pretty sure he was going to keep that drive or get back to LP, and now he's realizing that he, the game's up. He's suddenly like, shit, I should have tried harder. Um, and really, Daniel, you, you should have tried harder. Yeah, and been better. Should have listened in school. Been better. Listen in school, kids. Talent, was it hard listen, work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard? Listen to your mechanics and understand what a bolt is for whatever <laughs> everyone's cars have. I don't know. Sure. And, you know, Norris too. Mind you, I mean, looking at the results... Ricardo started 7th, finished 15th. Norris started 17th, finished 12th. So Norris had the better weekend. But Of course. You know, uh, he had, was he... Oh, he had the... 
he had penal- engine penalties as well, didn't he, or something like that. Oh, they all did. I don't know what's going on. But yeah, I mean, the car was nowhere, really. Aston Martin. Stroll moaned about being shoved off the track by Vettel and then spent the rest of the race stuck behind Albon in the Williams. Has Vettel stopped giving a shit now that he's given his notice? Yes. yes. And he's got better. Scored, well, it's probably because he, he, he doesn't have to worry about what Daddy Stroll's going to do if he beats his son. So I think he's just going, right, I'll give it all the beans. Do you think he's he's literally beating his son now? Like, just every time he walks past him, he's just punching him in the groin. Because he's like, what are you going to do? I can't Fire imagine me? Vettel... I can't imagine Vettel being like that. I think he'd be... I don't think he'd beat. I think he'd be doing, like, slightly degrading practical jokes. Like, uh... Soggy Charlie's. From across... Soggy Charlie's from across the room. Right, Soggy Charlie's when you chew a piece of paper and fire it through a pyro tube. Somebody from a Charlie the Whiting. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on now. I've never had a soggy Charlie. Alpine. Fernando was third on the grid and first in his heart, blaming Lewis Hamilton for putting him off the first lap. His lack of F1 success failed marriages and his bald spots, but was Lewis to blame? Yes. Yeah, yeah. entirely. He was to blame, but also Fernando Alonso needs to wind his fucking neck in. <laughs> I am sick of that boy. <laughs> wow. That's not the word I thought you were going to use. Okay. Um, no, you were absolutely uh, You're right. He's he, he was right on this occasion. It was Hamilton's fault, but he was very dickish about it. It's like, oh, come on. It's like glass houses, did you, stones. Did, did you hear the interview with Hamilton where the reporter was saying, and Alonso said on the radio this, and he was she was about to say it, and Lewis just went, I don't need to know what he said. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... Good on you, mate. Someone's already told you, and you're not going to give it the airtime of repetition. You're going to leave that to a silly little podcast. Yeah. Did you see on the following (laughs) lap as well, after Hamilton was out and standing at the side of the track, Alonso went past him and was wagging his finger at him like a dick. Oh. He's very unlikable, isn't he? I really, really want him to fail at Aston Martin. I want Alpine to do well next year, and I want... I mean, Alpine are doing quite well this year. I mean, they're wiping the floor with McLaren. Is he? Is he? I mean, this could be like another classic Alonso thing where he's just no, completely so. mistimed it, and Alpine turn out to be really good next year. God, I hope so. Because because uh, Ocon did a really good job as well. That's, I mean, it's easy to overlook him with with Alonso's dickishness, but um, Ocon went from sixteenth to seventh, which is pretty good. Oh yeah, I think he had a really good race, and he's 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 yeah. the the lead driver next year at Alpine. He'll be driving both cars at this race, yeah, so. like a pair of shoes. Alfa Romeo. If the Alfa Romeo was a Tesla, then Bottas was not quick enough to regain control after Latifi fell asleep in front of him. For boring races, shall we just have autopilot? That is a tortured analogy. Look, I was very, I'm very tired when I wrote that, and I'm tired <laughs> when I wrote another one. But yes, we should have autopilot. Basically, everyone was on autopilot when Max Verstappen was coming through. You might as well just yeah. codify it in the rules. It was unfortunate for Bottas, because basically he didn't do much wrong apart from just go ah when he saw Latifi inevitably spinning in front of him and I don't think Latifi actually hit him but Bottas went to the ground and got stuck and Latifi then got going again and just drove off I mean maybe that was a genius move by Latifi he just plans to do that on every lap <laughs> make someone spin <laughs> behind him so he's in the lead of the race <laughs> um, yeah unfortunate for Bottas I don't remember seeing Joe at any point in the race Alpha Tauri Gasly has sunk from potential race-winning Red Bull seat to an actual winning Alpha Tauri seat to a now-in-the-points-if-you're-lucky seat. Does he deserve better? 
I'd completely forgotten he'd won a race. What about, hear me out here, he goes to Alpine next year. Well, it would sort of make sense, except, well, okay, on the pros column, he's good, he's French, he must be fed up with Red Bull. On the pro, on the con side, I think he and Ocon hate each other. Oh, they do, don't they? Yeah. That's even better. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I'm fully on board with this idea. I mean, it might not make too much sense from a business point of view, but maybe a little bit of argy-bargy, you know. There's been some very good I mean, inter-teammate rivalries. He's probably stuck in a Red Bull contract, and Red Bull probably just don't want to lose him from Alpha Tauri. But I reckon he should try and get that. I mean, I think so. Well, I oh, mean, and what? then what if Ricardo? What if Ricardo, Ricardo goes to Alpha Tauri? How humiliating <laughs> would that be? <laughs> I mean, why would... Yeah, you can come back. Why would Red Bull want to keep him, really? Like, they obviously don't want to give him another Red Bull seat. And and kind of what's the point of Alpha Tauri if not to prepare people for a Red Bull seat? It's like, well, it's also to stop people beating Red Bull, isn't it? Like, how, oh, oh, the Alpha Tauri's going to start from the pit lane because Max Verstappen's 14th on the grid. Oh, I wonder where that is. What? Mm, curious. I would, I would, you know, we've we've had a long history of, of quality rivalries between teammates, um, like, you know, Hamilton and Alonso and... Peroni and Villeneuve, and we all know what happened there. So, you know, just saying. Haas. Haas. Haas have settled into their customary role of being a team Terry can't remember seeing during the race while he's writing this bit. Schumacher's out of a job at the end of the year. Alpine? Maybe he'll go to Alpine. Yeah. Maybe they're all going to go to Alpine. Yeah, the, the, the word is that, uh, for well, that's not the word. I think they've said that, that Ferrari's backing of Schumacher ends at the end of this year and they're not going to renew it. So, but that doesn't sound like a good thing. No, not really. That but unless like they're dropping him. Unless they're freeing him up. Well, yes, it does sound like that. But, but remember what happened, you know, the, this is not the first time a Schumacher's left Ferrari and then gone on for a little bit of a sabbatical and come back and then not been as good. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. Williams. Alex Albon finished in the points pretty much on merit. Latifi didn't. Also on merit. Yes. Go Albon. What a good drive that was. What a good weekend that was. He got to Q3. And he got to Q3 legitimately. Yeah. It wasn't, I know they're all the grid penalties, but he still got into Q3. Yeah. And then he, because he started like much higher up because of everyone else's penalties, but legitimately in tenth place and stayed there for the yeah, race. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. I mean, it did seem like the setup of the the Williams because they don't know how to do downforce meant that he was actually really fast in a straight line, um, so nobody could get past him on the straights, even though he was sort of really slow during the corners. But um, you know, you've still got to be able to keep people by you, uh, behind you, and you know, it's not it's not the easiest of circuits to drive. So I think he did really well. But also, isn't that such a massive worry that Williams have clearly got such terrible downfall? And do you think that's probably why they've been awful for the best part of 20 years? I mean, it was good here. It's going to be amazing at Monza. Oh, God, it'll just take off. They're going to win at Monza. I hope so. Didn't we have a random result at Monza a couple of years ago? Did Stroll get polled? No, last year. No, it was was Gasly. Ricardo won. No, there was that. There was that. And then was it Gasly the year before? Maybe. I can't remember. So that was Belgium. Was Ocon. it? I don't care. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, here's this, yeah. I'm saying it now. Yeah, yeah. Alban's going to win in Italy. I agree. All of which takes us to the standings with Terry Saunders. 
Well, you might remember the last race we did before the summer break was all about what all the drivers think of Alonso. Well, after Alonso's outburst on the radio this week about Hamilton, I caught up with him and asked him for his opinions on all the other drivers. <laughs> so in first place, stupid baby boy, I'm better than his father. That's Max Verstappen. <laughs> Uh, second place, idiot who doesn't respect his Spanish overlords. It's Sergio Perez. Uh, third place, you can't be from Monaco, you idiot, is Charles Leclerc. In fourth place, once my apprentice, he tried to take my place as the disappointing Spanish Ferrari driver. He must be destroyed. It's Carlos Sainz. Uh, fifth place, a knight in silver armour has strengths but is weak. It's George Russell. Sixth place, stupid idiot who'd only drive from the front. A position that is fading from my memory as the sands of time trickle. It's Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> Thinks it's funny to be a racer, does he? I will avenge him, is Lando Norris. He once defended like a lion. I drove for him that day. He owes me his life. That's Esteban Ocon. Ninth place is perhaps the greatest driver who ever lived. It's Fernando Alonso. Uh, tenth place. I like him. Never spoke to him. It's Valtteri Bottas. I once demanded he suck my balls. He ran off to IndyCar. Split instead. It's Kevin Magnussen. Oh, in twelfth place. It's that who stabbed me at the back of Ferrari. I have outlived him. Sebastian Vettel. <laughs> 13th place stupid fool gave up a Red Bull seat because he was scared I have no fear it's Daniel Ricciardo <laughs> in, 40, in 14th place I always stand next to him in the urinals he can't go it's Pierre Gasly in 15th in 15th place his name is Mick Schumacher I killed his father prepare to die <laughs> in 16th I sit outside his motorhome and howl like an owl before the race it's Yuki Tsunoda in 17th place he once wet himself in the driver breezy because I spat a Soggy Charlie at him. It's Yuki Sonoda. 18th place. His mother is the only person to scare me. It's Alex Albon. And in 19th place, next year he will be a memory on the sole of my racing boot. It's Lance Stroll. I've got to say, I love your Spanish accent. <laughs> and for the teams, um, Alonso gave me his view on all the teams as well. I didn't ask him for them. He just kept on going. First place. Stupid drink makes me piss all night and call sex lines. It's Red Bull. Uh, in second place, it's idiots of the highest order who wouldn't know greatest if I spat in their face. It's Ferrari. Third place, grey is boring. That's why there are no grey Kimoa hats. It's Mercedes. Fourth place, if they were a good team, would they have let me leave? It's Alpine. Hmm. Fifth place, idiot Ron Dennis doesn't know talent if I spit in his face. Sixth place, Ferrari can suck my dick. Give me some more of that Red Bull. Can I borrow your phone? It's Alfa Romeo. Seventh place, Haas, put a decent driver in that car and I could win the Indy 500 in it. Spit. Eighth place, baby Red Bull for failed drivers. I will be there in 2025. <laughs> it's Alpha Tauri. Ninth place, the greatest team that ever existed with no downsides. It's Aston Martin. And in tenth place, the main guy couldn't even fucking walk. What a joke. It's Williams. <laughs> oh. Good. Well, I, I don't that. know how many Spanish listeners we have, but it's probably fewer now. And now for the man of the match of driving. Alex, Alex Verstappen. Mm. And now it's time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. By far, the highlight of this year's Belgian Grand Prix was, after his opening lap shunt, the footage of a lonely Lewis Hamilton on a hill being followed by an equally lonely and quite brave cameraman. 
Firstly, just have a think about how fucking scary that must be to film. And secondly, how extraordinarily annoying it would be to be having a moment and having some wanker of a Belgian cameraman up your ass. I really felt for Lewis in that moment, but I also really somehow felt like I was him. I think it's because the cameraman was just far enough behind and a little bit taller that the point of view was exactly that of a character in Grand Theft Auto. Am I watching Lewis Hamilton? Or am I Lewis Hamilton? Then on the screen slides up a little radio icon. It's Toto. I've got a job for you. If you can get to O'Rude, you pick up some Red Bull secrets. There's a thousand bucks in it for you. I flick down on the controller and pistol whip the cameraman, then run down the hill to get a scooter. Then I drive along the orange-filled grandstand, shooting indiscriminately at the Dutch. This calls the stewards on me because I am black, and soon enough all the F1 cars in the race start chasing me. I steal the Ferrari motorhome and drive through the pits, setting fire to all the fuel containers, whilst the Ferrari strategy team asks Charles if it's okay if I drive it away, question. <laughs> But soon enough, I met with my foe, the ghost of Michael Massey. And what? Ayrton Senna, I have to avenge my hero. And the three of us race for pole position of our lives around the 1989 Suzuka. Obviously, Massey is really fucking awful at this, but me and Ayrton go head to head. And then I wake up, and I've still got to watch the race. <laughs> Sorry, I'm very tired. That's it from us. It's goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about the new F1 Manager game, which is coming out, which I've been... Uh, I've been looking forward to for some time, except I now have a child and have no time to play computer games, so I will not be getting it. And to Terry Saunders. We haven't had time to talk about the mailing list that we do every week, so let's we haven't plugged that for a while. So go to ffys.com forward slash news, 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 I think, and uh, sign up to the mailing list, because every time there's a race, we send you an email. It's kind of like spam that you've asked for. We'll be back next week to discuss the Dutch Grand Prix in Dutch Holland, Netherlands, which is orange. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake, and follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake. Terry, where can people buy merch? ff1s.com forward slash shop, 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 shop. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you in a while. I've been Drew Stern. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you, Drew. Thanks, Drew. Shop, shop, shop. Thank you. Bye. Wait a minute. I could have shaved my balls using the ultra smooth package from Manscaped. I've been such a fool. Balls, balls, balls. Balls, balls, balls. Sports Social Podcast Network.